0: If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. Isaiah 6, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. I hope this uh, scripture will speak to your hearts today. It's, uh, It's really worked on me this week. My God's holy... And he's invited me to be holy. And I think of my life, I think of Isaiah. I'm not my life's not always holy. It's a struggle. Life's tough. And I'm gonna tell you, I may tell you again, but while it's on my mind, this is not a dress rehearsal. This is a real deal. i have got one time to go through this life. We need to make it good. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1. It was in the year that King Uzziah died that (coughs) Isaiah said, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne. He was high and he was lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his feet. With twain he covered his His feet, excuse me, His twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me. For I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips. And thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord say, Whom shall I send, and whom will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. Brother Rusty, would you lead us in prayer? For 52 years, Uzziah had been king over Judah. It was a program that he instituted of peace and prosperity. He was a great builder. He was doing a lot of things right. But as he went along the way, Satan somehow or another embedded in his heart that he was better than the priest. And so he entered and made a sacrifice. He bypassed the priest. He developed leprosy. He was expelled out of the house of the Lord. He was cast in isolation and died alone. Sin has a way of destroying our body. I thank God today because of Jesus, because I know I'm saved, he can't destroy my soul. He cannot touch my soul. He can tear this body all to pieces. He can wreck it, but he can't touch my soul. Isaiah, he said, it was in the year that King Uzziah died that he literally saw the Lord. Hey, this is before Jesus came to the earth in a physical body. Some people say, well, I didn't know Jesus was before he was born. He's always been. Hello? He has always been. He and the Father are one. And when God said, let us make man, I believe with all my heart he was talking to his son Jesus, and he was talking to the blessed Holy Spirit. He said, let us together make man. And so it was. And so it has been going on ever since. And times worse and worse and worse. This week, I had to sort of give a testimony as to how old the earth is. I may have messed up, but I don't feel I did. They said, how do you know the earth is this old? I said, because I believe from the time that God created the heaven and the earth until he sent a flood was 2,000 years. And I believe from the time that Noah came out of that ark, Until Jesus came was another 2,000 years. Jesus has been gone from here 2,018 years. We're in the last part of it. Okay? So the earth is a little over 6,000 years old. Don't come here telling me it's billions. I don't believe it. I don't have to believe it. And thank God I believe what I believe. And I feel convicted about that when somebody asks me. Then I had to give an explanation. (laughs) Okay, I'll give an explanation. Why? You know, the Holy Spirit is real. The Holy Spirit speaks. And listen, just because the Holy Spirit hadn't descended on the churches there in Acts, Isaiah was touched by the Holy Spirit of God. Had he not been, he would have never written this book. That's for sure. Probably chapter 6. Of all the chapters in Isaiah... This chapter is probably the tops. Now, I'm not belittling any of them. Understand, not, not any of them. But I believe chapter 6 is the top of all of Isaiah's writings. Because, I mean, he, he I'll, I'll probably say this again. He was under such conviction after the sights and the sounds that he saw. He said, here I am. I want to go. I want to go it took a long time for me to get to the point where I would say I'll go I'll go anywhere God I mean that God knows my heart it's not about listen it's not about business it's about people people we used to sing a song people need the Lord and they do If I'm not careful here, I'm not going to do what I plan to do. (laughs) Somebody asked me why I changed last Sunday. Only God knows how I struggle. It's pressure every week to have two sermons ready by Thursday morning. It's a struggle because you begin on Monday thinking about Wednesday night, and before you know it, Thursday morning's here. You can't hang out at the golf course two or three days a week and and fish a lot and hunt. Hey, I love to do all of it. But I mean, it's a constant struggle. I want you to know, your, I as your pastor, I struggle with it. Because I'm going to stand before God and give an account of what, what I do behind this desk. Please know I love you. And it's hard sometimes for... A pastor such as I am, I'm not bragging on me, I'm bragging on Jesus. I love you. But it's hard sometimes to preach what I feel God's led me to preach to tell you. I mean, we're not here for entertainment, okay? You can get entertained anywhere in this world, but we're here to worship God and see what what thus saith the Lord. And if I don't settle down, I'm going to be so blurry-eyed, I can't see what I'll have to depend on my eye-teeth. you understand? Isaiah saw the throne which had never been vacant. Mind you, in Isaiah's life, he saw the throne, had never been vacant. When Uzziah died, the throne became empty. And there he stood. He was grieving as he began to write this. He was grieving over the death of Uzziah because of the horrible death that he probably died in leprosy sores all over his body. Can you imagine the sickness that Uzziah? He started well, but he didn't end too good. Listen, I I want to end well. I don't care what it takes. I want to end well. God's blessed me. I've started right following him, and I want to finish right. It's not a a business, a a deal. Well, I'm going to retire, or I'm going to resign. I mean, you're my church. You're my family. God's given you to me, given you to me and me to you, and and it's it's a together thing. I can't do it all by myself. I don't even want to try. I tell people, I say, look, I don't mess with the heat. I don't mess with the air. I don't mess with the lights. And I don't count the money. <laughs> I just want to teach. I just want to preach. I just want to visit and do whatever else that you as a church family ask of me to do. I, I want to be I want to be that kind of pastor, but the, but the throne was vacant. But let me tell you something, the throne of God never been vacant. It never will be vacant. God is on the throne, regardless of what the news media might say, God is in control. I'm telling you, you, you can't get away from what God is doing You don't need to get away from what God is doing. Well, has God made a mistake? No, sir, no, ma'am. He hasn't made a mistake. He's right on target. He's right on time. And he don't plan to quit. I feel sorry for these preachers who say, well, I've done all I can do. I'm going to walk out. Yes, they have done all they can do. But I haven't done all God wants me to do, okay? I may have done all I can do, but God ain't done. That's not good English, but there it is. I did take English. (laughs) In fact, I was so ignorant before I could go to Greenwood Tech, I had to take night classes of English to do the class of automotive mechanics. I thought, what in the world for? But I had to do it if I wanted to get in. But Isaiah, Isaiah was so overtaken by this vision that he began to probably speak words that maybe he didn't want to, but the Holy Spirit was working on his heart. And I think this morning, listen, y'all, I need a fresh view of Jesus hanging on the cross for my sins. I need a fresh word from God, not what Kenny says, but what does God say through his word? Now, I want you to listen. I want you to listen carefully. First of all, in this uh, results of a soul on fire for God. Listen, first of all, Isaiah, he had an upward look. Now, if you look at verses 1 through 4, I'm not going to read these again. But verse 1, he says, he was a, the, the Lord was sitting on his throne high and lifted up. And Isaiah, God allowed Isaiah uh, to see him on this throne. And it says his train filled the temple. That must have been some kind of train. I'm not talking about a locomotive. I'm talking about a robe. I'm talking about when I see a bride coming down the aisle and the the groom and I standing up front and we're looking back and... She parades in and as she makes her entrance over and as she turns, the bridesmaids has a hold of the train spreading it out, getting it just right. Let me tell you something, you talking about a wedding when my Jesus steps out on the cloud and calls this church home? Listen, you ain't been to a wedding yet. I'm, I'm tell, I am I'm just can't imagine, I can't imagine what that train's going to be like. But this train here filled the temple. I mean, that's what the book says. I didn't say it. It says that the train filled the temple. Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I'll draw all kinds of men to myself. You listen, do not you? Listen carefully. You know in your heart right now, as well as I do, whether you're saved or not. I don't want it to be. Listen, y'all. I don't want it to be, I hope so, preacher. I hope so. Well, I think so, preacher. I. My mom and daddy went to church here all their life. I think so. you got to know so. Listen, you if you've never done it right now in your heart, you ought to just, you don't even have to close your eyes. You don't even have to bow your head. Isaiah didn't close his eyes. He didn't bow his head. He was looking up. Ask God to forgive you of your sins and come into your heart and save your soul. I don't understand some people who, Hear the word or hear a witness, and they're invited to Jesus, and they say, I want to wait. I believe with all my heart, if Isaiah said, Lord, I see, you, but I ain't going to do what you said, I'm going to go back to my old life. Oh, Uzziah's dead. I looked to him. I trusted him. He's dead and he's gone, and I'm out of here. He'd be in hell right now. That is a real place. I told somebody earlier, "Hey, I'm 71. I don't have 71 more years. Okay, I want to make the last years the best years. I mean, I'm on my way down. All right, I'm subject to be out of here anytime, any place. It don't make no difference to me. I know where I'm going. You can do what you want to with this body. You want a mummy fight? Stand it out there in the best of you? Hey, <sighs> okay." <laughs> I- I- Or burn it up and put it in an urn. Set it right up here. Hey, that's him. He's being quiet now. You know, hey. But Isaiah, he he had that upward look, man. Let me tell you something. Um, Isaiah was feeling very bad because Uzziah died. Um, 52 years, he'd watched him on the throne doing real good. But then it probably hurt Isaiah when he knew what Uzziah had done. I know, you know, I wonder, the Bible don't say, but I wonder if Isaiah visited Uzziah in his dying days. You know, no one needs to die alone. No one. Let me tell you a true story. Len's oldest brother died at 40 years old of AIDS it's not a secret and I'm going to tell you something the last few days of his life none of the siblings would come around except Lynn she left home one morning packed her clothes she said I'll not be back until Mac dies She sat by his bed day and night, held his hand day and night, prayed with him day and night, horrible looking, was a big, robust, strong guy, over six foot, probably didn't weigh a good hundred pounds when he left here. I did his funeral. Why do we not go where people are dying? You know what? If many if many as many who go to a receiving of friends would go and make a visit to where a person's dying in the home would make a bigger impact. Especially if that person's lost. Can you imagine? Well the Gamble family, we stood in line two through two two and a half or three hours just to tell the family we're sorry. I wonder what that would do. If we spent that much time with the lost. We pray more for those Christians who are dying than we do for the lost, who are headed to hell. Why do we do that? Listen, it's my obligation to my God, it's my my duty to visit the lost, to beg the lost to come to Christ. It's my duty as a Christian, not as your pastor. Everywhere I go, is people, people, people. And I don't know where they're lost or saved. You've got to ask them. What is your relationship with the Lord? Well, what do you mean? I mean, are you saved or are you lost? I mean, point blank. You don't need to beat around the bush. You know, when I go to buy anything, if I think there's a chance of me getting it for a cheaper price... (laughs) I tell the guy, I told one man, I said, let me tell you something, sir. You got one time to shoot your gun. If you don't, you don't shoot it right, I won't be back. I'll go somewhere else. But I'm giving you an opportunity now. And I'm telling you, I'm going elsewhere to look. So when you shoot, you better shoot your best. You know, we listen, we don't have but one opportunity to make a good first Impression. If I ruin that, if, if this person's lost here and I go and I, I condemn him and condemn him and condemn him and walk away, don't pray with him or nothing, and you come along as a strong Christian and you begin to talk about Jesus, he's going to tell you right quick, I don't want to hear about your God. I don't want to hear you say anything about Jesus because the last person that talked to me condemned me to the point that I felt like nothing. Nothing. Listen, I I know what it is to be a nothing. But I know what it is also to be a somebody in the name of Jesus. Well, Isaiah, the Bible says he saw no glory on that day. No glory at all. He He didn't see any. It was just over with the whole earth. The Bible says there in that scripture, I believe it's verse 3, let me make sure. The whole earth, yeah, the whole earth is full of his glory. Sad to say it's not today. The whole earth is not full of God's glory today. You know what is full of? balance? No matter where you go or turn your TV on, it's violence. This morning, I don't know if you noticed, I had the privilege of going to the country of Haiti in 1976. I went to Haiti, and we, we, we spent a whole week there in Haiti singing, teaching, and preaching. Good morning. Mount Olivet, I think it is, Baptist Church in Hartwell, Georgia. Their pastor and about 15 or 20 youth are in Haiti this morning. They were supposed to fly out yesterday. But because gas had gone from $4 a gallon to $7 a gallon, there was a riot that broke out. They were setting cars on fire. And this pastor and his youth and leaders cannot get out. We need to pray for them. I don't know who he is. God knows but far as I know, they're still there. I won't say they're captured, but they just probably not letting any planes come in and none go out. The whole earth is not full of God's glory, it's full of hatred and, and violence. And on and on you go, you can name the, the junk and the stuff. I'm going to tell you something. I know that some of you, some of you have lost children to death, some of you have lost grandchildren, but there's one thing about it. They won't have to experience drugs and alcohol. That's for sure. If they were saved, they're in they're in the arms of Jesus. <laughs> they're safe. You won't have to fret over the drugs and alcohol with them. But the earth, the whole earth, is not full of God's glory today. It is full of violence. So Isaiah, as he looked up, he saw the Lord. It's the second thing that we notice in the scripture, not only did he look upward, but he looked inward. He looked at his, uh, he looked at his self in verses uh, uh, 5 through 7. He says, then said I, whoa, <laughs> he was grieving Whoa, he said, is me. Look what he says, for I am undone. That means he didn't have it all together. Many times, I'm undone. I don't have it all together. And I struggle with it because I know people are looking and they're watching me. And they're going to see how I react. They're going to see how, what I say. And I don't have it together. And I say, Lord, you're the shepherd. you got to guide me. you got to give me words that needs to be spoken. It's tough. You want to do it right? You want to live the Christian life and live it right? It is tough. It's not for wimps. I can tell you that. Because the devil is on the rampage. No matter where you go, you hear cussing. You see, you see acts of sin. You wish your eyeballs hadn't seen. Just had cataract surgery. Great. I wish they could remove that all the sights and seen that these eyes have looked at that they had no business looking at. And some of this might shock you about me, but let me tell you something. I am human, and I have been in the bottom. And I'm like Isaiah. My lips is unclean, and I, sometimes I find myself with unclean folk. And what do you expect? If you sleep with a dog, you're going to get fleas. I mean, that's a, that's a deal. Well, he, he looked inward. Woe is me, he said, for I'm undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in, a, in the midst of the people of unclean lips and look what he says his eyes he talks about his eyes he said for mine eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts I wonder what he looked like There was no mistake about it. Isaiah said, I saw him. He didn't say, I think I saw him. Or maybe it was just a dream. No, he didn't. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up in his train, filled the temple. And listen, hey, the doorpost moved. That's power, y'all. The doorpost moved. They shook at his presence. The room was filled with smoke. I got a little word for that. Let me see, make sure I don't leave that out somewhere. If it don't come up, it ain't gonna come up. Yeah, there it is. Isaiah in verse four, he had a definite purpose. You know what? Let me tell you something. Every one of you and me in this room, God has a purpose for your life. We need to make sure we find that purpose. It's gonna be a sad day when we stand before God as a Christian. And God said, listen, I loved you, I provided for you, but why didn't you fulfill the purpose? I gave you a purpose, a plan, I gave you the power, and you didn't do it. Why didn't you do it? No, he's not going to send us as a Christian. But we have a purpose. Isaiah had a definite purpose. He was revealed, God revealed the Lord to him. It says smoke. I look at that word smoke, okay? Look at the word smoke. Smoke. Fill the house. Fill the house. The word smoke, the letter S is for salvation. It represented salvation to me. It, it also, he said, it high and lifted up. We need to magnify. The letter M for smoke is to magnify the Lord God. I don't need to be magnified. Listen. I'm like John the Baptist when he saw Jesus... He said, hey, there he comes. I told you he was coming. And they probably, some of them said, well, we, we want you, John. He said, wait a minute. I got to decrease so he can increase, okay? Magnify him. The letter O in smoke is for obedience. Listen, you can live a good Christian life, but if you're not obedient to the word of God and obedient to his house and his, and his, and his spirit, what good is it? Obedience. The letter K in smoke is for kept. Let me tell you something. I can't keep myself pure. I can't keep myself holy. But he, I'm kept by the power of the Holy Spirit. It don't mean I'm perfect. I'm way beyond being perfect, okay? But the Bible says I'm holy and I want you to be holy. He said I'm perfect and I want you to be perfect. And God knew in his heart right then that we couldn't do it, but he provided a way. He provided a way, a way of escape. When we look at that, not only kept, but the last letter, smoke, is E. That's emotion. Isaiah was, he was having an emotional, holy fit. He probably didn't realize it, but God was just slowly closing in. I know how that feels. Slowly closing in. Let me tell you, Isaiah, he not only had a purpose, but verse um, there in those verses 5 through 7, he had a message. It was a message of humility. He said, woe is me. I guess he was trying to say, Lord, I'm not fit to stand here and see what you're showing me. I'm not fit. Let me tell you something. None of us are fit, okay? None of us are worthy. But let me tell you something. Don't let that word not being fit and not being worthy keep you from serving the Lord because the devil will use those words that not being fit and not being worthy, he will use that to hinder you, to keep you from serving the Lord. Listen, I ain't got time for him. I ain't got time for him. Even though he bothers me constantly and daily, I still don't have time for him. Undone, he said. He didn't have it all together. Unclean lips—that's the opposite of clean lips. He dwelt. Hey, he dwelt in a long, wrong place. He was with a, with people of unclean lips. You know how it is. Some of you—and I've been there—where people did this cuss, cuss, cuss. It, it don't mean a thing to them. Most recently this lady was dying and they, they got a lady to come in to help watch after her and, and a day or two went by and this lady who was dying sick she said, I won't tell you something, I cuss a lot. I cuss a lot. And this lady said, Well ma'am, I'm gonna tell you I'm not gonna be here if that's the way you're gonna do. If you're gonna use those if you're gonna use those kind of words, don't count on me. I won't be back. Listen. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. But the devil puts people in front of us that uses those kind of words. Caleb come home one weekend from college. He said, Daddy, is it okay to cuss? He's going to Anderson University. He's going to Anderson College. Christian College. Supposed to be Christian teachers. I said, what are you asking me that for, son? He said, Daddy... We have a professor told us this week that we can't find it anywhere in the Bible that's wrong to cuss. He said, can you, Daddy, have you got anything for me? I said, the Bible says let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. And I gave him the scripture. I said, just ask him what does he do with this? Is it okay to cuss? (laughs) I know you've heard the story before. A little boy had a Lawn mower for sale. Wouldn't crank. Told, told the man it wouldn't crank. Preacher bought it. Two or three days later, brought it back. Son, this thing won't crank. I want money back. He said, yes, it will. He said, I'm telling you, I've pulled it and my arm's about to fall off and it won't crank. He said, try cussing it. We're human. Whatever's logged in up here is there. What these eyeballs have seen is there. And it's a struggle to fight that kind of junk off. Well, Isaiah saw an upward look. He saw the Lord. He saw an inward look and he saw himself. But last of all, listen, he saw an outward look, he saw a need. Isaiah no longer looked at himself. But he began to look around. He wants to do God's will. It's real simple. And I dared not say this. Oh, our Lord, I dared not to say this before I surrendered to preach. Verse 8 says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord. I've never heard the voice of God out loud never heard it audibly but it's that still small urge within that can't be the devil but it's the Lord he said I heard the voice of the Lord and this is what he said who shall ascend who he's saying who's willing to go here We need somebody to go. Uzziah's dead, buried, hey. We need to send somebody. Somebody's got to go. And who's going to go for us? Then said Isaiah, Here am I. Send me. Isaiah saw a vision of others needing the Lord. Is there somebody on your heart this morning that needs the Lord? If there is, have you spoken to this person? You say, I don't know what to say, preacher. You pray hard first before you go. Pray hard. When you go to visit this person, it makes no difference if you saw them yesterday or a year ago. You speak to them. You say, hey, I want to come by today because I'm burdened. I'm grieving over your position in the Lord Jesus. And I just simply would love for you to be a part of God's family. I'd love to know that if I leave this world before you, that I'll see you in heaven. I'd love to know. Just talk to him calmly. Share scripture if you want to. The Word of God will speak. The Word of God will answer for itself. Life is like a jigsaw puzzle. I don't like them. Because they're too hard to work. But every piece of a jigsaw puzzle has its place. And it'll do no good to take out a razor knife and start whittling. Because it'll never fit right. Every piece has a place. Every one of us in this room right now, we have a place in God's plan. Life is like a jigsaw puzzle. It's tough to work for somebody else. Sometimes employers are overbearing. They want more than we can give. They want longer than we can give. But also sometimes employees are hard to work for or work along with. That's why it's so important to know the Lord. To trust Him. You see, God knows everywhere I'm going to go next week. I have some plans. I have some doctor's appointments. Those appointments might be canceled. I already had one canceled because the doctor says he figured out he needs to be somewhere else. Well, good. That's fine. But they reschedule me. So there's an appointment out there. Let me tell you something. There's an appointment for you and me to meet God. Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. We will stand before God, y'all. Isaiah, he looked up, he looked in, and he looked out. I beg you today, obey the Lord. If you're lost, I beg you, I plea with you. And the devil's probably telling you now, don't pay that preacher any attention. Four, five, six minutes from now, you'll be out of here, and you don't have to listen to him. This could be my last message. A man gave me a sticky note one time, and he said, preach like it's your last message. Because there will come a day when I will preach the last. There will come a day when you and I will hear the message no more. So I beg you, if you're lost, I'll, I will be right here at this altar. All you have to do is come and say, Preacher, I want to be saved. Preacher, I want to be saved. Six simple words. And I will take care of the rest. God's doing the work in you. I guarantee you right now, God is speaking to your heart. Are you going to tell him no? You're not going to tell preacher no. You're going to tell God no. I'd rather tell you no than to tell God no. I beg you, Lord Jesus, touch hearts, touch souls. Lord, I only hope that I have said all that needs to be said. Father, I thank you for your son Jesus who died on the cross for our sins who arose from that grave and is alive right now, sitting on the right hand of your throne, which will never, ever be empty. I thank you for Isaiah. I thank you for giving him that vision that caused him to say, it's me, send me, I'm ready to go. Lord, I pray that you'd fill this altar today. With us as Christians praying for the lost and the lost might come, Lord. I pray that the Holy Spirit of God right now would draw them to this altar. In Jesus' holy name, amen.